Good morning. It is Monday, January 10th, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. We're a week into the new year. How are your New Year's resolutions going? Hopefully, they're still going well. I know this time of year, we always pick up a lot of new listeners who are looking to make scripture a central part of their habits and their life. Last year, we had a lot of folks latch onto this podcast as a way to just come every day, Monday through Friday, and be in scripture to start the day. We do that every day here at the Commuter Devotional for pretty soon about two years. We just spend time a little bit in the scripture, reading a small passage, thinking about it, meditating on it, pulling a few truths out of it that can impact our day. We try to apply them to our lives, and then we pray and we go about our day. That's the plan. It's very simple. It's something we've said a lot before. It's something that Christians have been doing for literally centuries. So let's do that together now. Let me read our passage for us today. I'll pray, and then we'll dive right into it. This is Hebrews chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels worship him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we jump now into the second week of the book of Hebrews, and the second week of this year, God, we ask for your help today. Mondays are always difficult, coming out of a weekend of rest and time with family. And Lord, a lot of times on Mondays, we already feel like we're behind. God, won't you be with us today and give us strength and energy from your word. By your spirit, stir within us the truths that we find in scripture to be on our minds all day. God, we ask that through your word, our minds and our hearts are transformed. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Well, in our passage, starting here in verse 5, we're picking up right where we left off in verse 4, which is where the author of Hebrews starts to go through We'll see for the next couple of days, he's going through these verses comparing the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to angels. And we mentioned last week that this would have been particularly impactful for his audience. The audience of this book is not necessarily a geographically specific people, but rather an, a people group that's probably Jews who are now Christians. So folks who used to be Jews, but then Jesus came. They identified him as the Messiah, submitted their lives to them, and now their lives are identified by Christ on the other side of Judaism. However, there's a strong pull for them to go back to the ways of Judaism, and so that is why the writer of Hebrews is bringing this sermonic letter before them to encourage them that all the Old Testament is looking forward to who Christ is. So with that being said, at this particular time period, Angels played a big role in Judaism. Two commentators that I looked up said that it was a commonly held belief that God would bring angels and it was through them that the army of the Lord would come and destroy the Romans and Jews would once again reclaim their nation. Coming out of the Old Testament, we know that they really haven't been a nation for a long, long time. Exile and armies and captivity has destroyed the nation of Israel and now the Romans occupy what once used to be their land. So here in these next few verses, the author of Hebrews is comparing Jesus to the angels. And in our passage, just here in verse 5 and 6, he quotes three separate Old Testament passages. And we're going to see this a lot in the book of Hebrews. 
he's going to be taking a lot of Old Testament passages, Old Testament principles and ideas, and showing how all these things arc forward to who Christ is. So in our two verses today, he quotes three Old Testament verses. The first one is this, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And this is from the book of Psalms, chapter 2, verse 7. The second one says, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. Quoting from 2 Samuel, verse 7. And finally, the last one, he says, let all the angels worship him. A direct quotation from Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 43. Three separate verses from three separate parts of the Old Testament. One in Psalms, or the books of poetry. One in 2 Samuel, which is one of the prophets, and one in Deuteronomy, which is one of the books of the law. In these three separate verses, the author of Hebrews is pulling from three parts of the Old Testament, but three main parts, the law, the prophets, and the writings of poetry, to show that this Jesus is much more than the angels are, and he is one who is worthy of worship, not the angels. And as we go today, we'll notice that two of these verses really give shape and clarity to who this Jesus is as compared to the angels. The one that comes from 2 Samuel chapter 7 says this, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. This shows that the sonship required here is not just of Jesus as the eternal son of God, but in 2 Samuel chapter 7, he's talking about the Messiah, the messianic son, the fulfillment of David's promises. We see that in this verse, the author of Hebrews is drawing this idea of sonship way forward and saying that Jesus is the rightful heir of David's throne. And then the verse here from Deuteronomy is especially amazing. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43, he's talking about Yahweh. He's saying that all the angels worship him, him being Yahweh. But the author of Hebrews is attributing this to Jesus Christ. Remember back in the first few verses? He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. The author of Hebrews is re-emphasizing his point, a point that he'll be making for the rest of this book. On Mondays, we like to pray for global missions. We understand and realize that our God is at work all across the globe. We like to pray for different people groups or different cities across the globe. Today, we're going to pray for the Arhuaco people of Colombia. Let's pray together. God, as we go into our Monday, Lord, with these divine words on our lips and our minds, that all these three verses, representing three separate parts, but the entirety of the Old Testament, show that Jesus is much more than the angels. He deserves to be worshipped in a completely different way. The angels worship him, not him, the angels. God, help us to see the centrality of Christ in the message of Hebrews. Help us to see that though this book is written to a people who want to go back to the old ways of Judaism, it's directly relevant to us, who though we've been made a new creation, we're always longing to go back to our sinful ways. God, Christ is so much more. He's deserving of our worship. And help us this week, this Monday, to be good worshipers of your Son. Lord, we pray for the Arhuaco people of Colombia. We pray for the Christian leaders there who are working hard 
at the start of this new year to come up with strategies and plans to reach these people groups, to be a light among the darkness, to call people out of death and into your marvelous light. Lord, January is a time that a lot of churches and a lot of ministries put forth their vision for the year. They seek your will from Scripture and with the help of your Spirit. So God, won't you give their leaders clarity so that your children will be called out from the Arhuaco people of Colombia. We pray these things in your Son's name. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you on Monday.